Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Anyways, Back to the Godfather. It is March 2021, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, and before we get started, we want to let you know that we have a very exciting thing for next month's podcast. We are doing a March Madness bracket. Woo-woo. So, we need you to participate. We are going to fill it out as well, but when we do... April's podcast, we're going to compare what we picked to, like, the general consensus of what everyone else picked. So we want a lot of people to fill out the brackets so we can have some interesting uh, discussions there. So what you are going to do is email abttg95 at gmail.com. That's anyways back to the godfather, just the first letter. And in the subject line, you're going to do capital March, capital madness, and then you can write whatever you want in the body of the message. But as long as you have capital M March, capital M Madness, you will get pinged back automatically all the instructions and the link to fill out the bracket. Um, and this is something that even if you know someone who would be interested in taking a March Madness bracket, you don't have to tell them about the podcast, but you can always send them the link. We just want lots of people to fill it out. So we picked each eight movies for a total of 16 movies Four regions. The regions are based on different time periods. So we have movies from pre-1930, movies from 1930 to 1960, then 1960 to 1990, and then from the 90s to the 2020s. And then together we kind of both decided the seating on it. So um, I think it's a really fun list and we would really love for you all to fill it out. So you have till the end of March to do that and you can go on and look and see if there are films you haven't heard of or seen before. They're all pretty much approved by us. <laughs> so um, you could either watch them before the end of March or um, there are instructions in the email. So just make sure you read those carefully on how to deal with that scenario if you've never seen any of the movies that we have listed. And again, email us at abttg95 at gmail.com with capital March, capital Madness in the subject line, and you will get um, all the instructions on how to do that. So without further ado, we'll go into our second half of the movie alphabet. It's been so long. I know! <laughs> so we're on letter H. My runner-up for my favorite H movie um, is probably not going to be very popular. <laughs> it's definitely a nostalgic movie for me. It's Home on the Range, Disney's um, poor, um, forgotten child that nobody likes. Even Alan Menken. When <laughs> we went to the Alan Menken concert that they had at BYU, he bashed on it so hard. <laughs> it's his own music, and he worked on it. And I love the music in it. Like, uh, there's some good songs, but he just acted like it was the worst movie ever. <laughs> I mean, it didn't do too well in the box office, and I don't feel like it's picked up much traction since. But... Yeah, but... My brothers and I would watch it basically once a month for probably three years. But, I don't know, I remember seeing it in theaters, but we just thought it was hilarious. Like, the Uncle Slim guy and his three nephews were hilarious. Um, I think it's kind of the Western thing that makes, makes me love it so much. Oh, and the horse, Buck, is played by, I think you say it, just Cuba Gooding Jr., and I love him, but it's just really nostalgic, and I still will watch it and still love it, and everyone around me is like, oh my, this movie's horrible. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is my childhood. So that's why. It's not terrible. I remember seeing it in the theaters and enjoying it, but 
I don't have quite the nostalgia that you do. But, like, the Will the Sun Ever Shine Again or whatever. Yes. That's a really good one. And the Little Patch of Heaven song and the Yodeling the song. The Yodeling song is iconic. It's so good. It's so impressive. I'm so amazed that he can do that. I wish I could yodel. But oh I can't. Oh my gosh. I actually did try to teach myself how to yodel oh. in high school. I would watch YouTube videos. And I didn't, it didn't go well. Oh my gosh, you need to take this up again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, my runner-up is Hercules. Um, it's one of my favorite Disney movies. I feel like every five years, I pick a different Disney movie to be my favorite. But Hercules is always at least in the top three. And the music is so good. Like, the actual songs, but also the scores. Alan Menken again. Yes, he's a hero. He's so good. And each character is just so fun. Like, Okay, maybe Hermes. I'm like, I'm hard-pressed to find a character that I don't love. (laughs) But I love Hades. He's probably my favorite Disney villain. I dressed up as him for the Disneyland Halloween party. (laughs) He's so funny, but he's also, like, such a perfect villain. Like, he's scary and intense and definitely has good villainous properties to him. Um, And it's also just a very inspiring film. Like, there are so many quotes and messages that you just gotta keep going. So It is a really good one. That's one that my mom never bought, mm. I think, because it says, like, gods yeah. one <laughs> and she thought that was not reverent, but I love it. I w- would watch it all the time. <laughs> There's this picture that we have of Catherine when she's, like, seven, and she we got the VHS, and she's, like, holding it above her head. She's so <laughs> excited about it. Victory! So, yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on to my favorite H movie, currently, I guess. <laughs> Um, it's Hacksaw Ridge. I barely saw this for the first time last year. I'd always heard people rave about it. I was really skeptical because I the only really experience I'd had with war movies was the one scene in Saving Private Ryan that's, like, the worst. <laughs> it's so violent. I think it's the D-Day invasion, but they showed it to us in my American history class and then also in my nursing class about, like, veterans. They showed these, and I, I just felt sick during it. It's just really hard to watch, and so I really didn't want to watch Hacksaw Ridge because it was a movie about war. And it also sounds awful. Yeah. (laughs) I know, and people talk about it, I'd be like, I don't want to watch that. But it was on TV, so I figured, okay, they'll probably take out the worst of the violence and edit it down a little bit, and I absolutely loved it. Andrew Garfield is the most perfect man in the world. He's adorable, (laughs) he's spiritual, he's just perfect. So nice, and it, it has this religious background in it, and uh, it just really hit me, like, spiritually, too. A lot of these movies I put in have, like, a, they've connected with me spiritually. That's why I hold them so close, or put them so high on my rankings. Yeah, I would highly, highly recommend it. I did watch it on TV, so I don't know exactly how it is un-TV-ified, <laughs> but it really wasn't as violent. Like, I thought Saving Private Ryan just that... Five minutes was a lot harder, yeah. but you watched this last year, right? Yeah, and I haven't. I feel like I haven't even heard of it. So we, you need to show it to me at some point. And guess who the director is? Mel Gibson. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> John Smith yes. comes around full circle. Yes, amazing. Mel Gibson plus Andrew Garfield equals <laughs> perfection. Oh my gosh! Okay, my H was um, Hunt for the Wilder People. So I originally heard about this from Ryan Hatch. And for some reason, the context that he was talking about it, I thought it was a documentary. And so Sarah and Niall invited you over to watch it. And I was like, oh, I've heard good things about it. And when they started, I was like, this is not a documentary. (laughs) It is one of my favorite movies. It's very eclectic. 
Um, but it's so funny. It has a great heart to it. And I think the first time you watch it, you're like really trying to follow the plot and also understand their New Zealand accents. <laughs> Ooh, it's the best part. And so it's one that is really rewatchable because each time you watch it, you're like, oh, I didn't catch that before. Oh, that's really funny. And even though it is this very specific type of humor, I've yet to find someone who watched it who didn't just love it and think it was so funny. So I feel like most of the people that are listening to this have seen it because I forced them to. <laughs> but it's definitely one of my favorite movies that I've ever seen. So I, I love it. I love Taika. Yes. He's so good. There's, there's a few Taika movies on this list. Right? <laughs> okay, you don't have a runner-up, so I'll do my runner-up for I. I is apparently my holiday movies <laughs> list. <laughs> my runner-up is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I watch this on Halloween every single year um, with my mom, so there's a lot of memories there built into it. And as you know, I'm obsessed with Halloween and the season, and I work so hard for the actual night of Halloween, too, like building up my character and preparing for that. And so when I watch it on Halloween night, it's always like, oh, I'm so sad that this season is over and this night is over. And what, how am I going to face November 1st? And there's a line in it that Linus says at the very end where he's like, or maybe it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> I don't know. He says, well, another Halloween is come and gone. And whenever that line is spoken, like that great sadness is just lifted because I'm like, okay, Halloween's going to come again. So it's like very much from this place of like, oh, it is a therapeutic movie for me. <laughs> but it's really cute and funny and iconic. So I love that movie. Charlie Brown's just so depressing to me. <laughs> Every movie, everything goes wrong for Charlie Brown. But and it's it, also so He just funny. has to deal with it. I don't think that's funny. I think it's sad. <laughs> but like when he gets a rock when he's trick-or-treating. That's so sad. So if I got a rock when I was trick-or-treating, I would have never gone trick-or-treating again. But it's just sometimes you're like, man, everything is not going my way. I feel like Charlie Brown. I get it. and But he keeps going, you know? He's like this model for resiliency. Oh, I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Okay, my number one, I don't know why I didn't do a runner-up. I think I felt bad for doing so many (laughs) runner-ups on every other category. Right, I feel like uh, this section isn't too bad, but the next one you have many that have two or three. Oh yeah, I did quite a few extras, so this was making up for it. It is The Incredibles, Pixar. It's just, it's a family favorite for us, and it's, I, it was the first pit Disney movie that was PG, I think, that I saw. Pixar At least movie? I remember being yeah. shocked, yeah, that it was rated PG. I was like, oh my gosh, what <laughs> even happens in it that it's PG? But it's so good. It's hilarious. It's this family working together, you know, related it to my family because it's got a girl and two boys. Mm-hmm. And we had me and my, I have three younger brothers, but, and then the mom and the dad, it just kind of mirrored our family a little bit, and they were all superheroes. It's just so fun and so rewatchable. We quote it all the time. Actually, at my brother's wedding, his wife's dad conducted the ceremony, and it apparently Caleb talks about The Incredibles so much that he quoted The Incredibles during the ceremony. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it is that important in our family. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's one that I enjoy when I'm watching it, but I'm never like, oh, I love The Incredibles. And I think it comes from, like, I just really didn't watch it that much growing up, so... But it oh, is, yeah. it's really well done and fun. It was one that one of my youngest brothers fixated on, and we just turn it on. <laughs> Especially the short Boundin oh that's in gosh. front yes. with Bud Lucky. He just, we had watched that over and over again. I had it memorized. <laughs> so it is, Amazing. it is also it's nostalgic. But part of the Monson lore. Yes, <laughs> it's true. 
Okay, my number one pick is It's a Wonderful Life, my other holiday film that I watch every year. Um, and for like the past nine years, it's been on Christmas Eve, so it just feels like part of this big tradition that I always do. Of course, that's Jimmy Stewart, who I love. And it, without fail, always makes me cry so hard. <laughs> it's kind of ruined Hark the Herald Angels Sing for me because I'll hear that out of context and I'll just start crying. <laughs> but it's deep and funny and lovely and reflective and... Maybe some people think it's a bit sappy. Like, it did horribly when it first came out. And oh, like, really? Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> but the director, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but basically it went into public domain, and so TV stations would just play it around Christmas, and that's, like, how it picked up mm-hmm. traction, is it was just, like, always on TV. And it's really funny and also just very deep. Like, I need to live my life in a way that would that people would notice me if I was gone. And I think it's just, like, a wonderful way of seeing life in a different way of even if you don't, realize the things that you always wanted to do you still have a wonderful life so Mm -hmm. it really does have such a good message all right on to jay so my runner up it's another taika (laughs) do you say it ytt or ytv i could be so self-conscious about it (laughs) i think i always said wait taika ytd but i don't know if that's right i have to say both things together (laughs) (laughs) taika first name basis here uh, it's jojo rabbit um so yeah, I, d- I wanted to put on at least one Taika movie, because he's hilarious. And that's one thing I value a lot in movies, is if they make me laugh. I would rather watch a movie that makes me laugh than one that makes me cry. <laughs> but this, and this one does both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's so funny, but also so touching and heartbreaking. But it has this good message about, like, accepting people and, I don't know, being friends with people that... Maybe everyone's telling you not to be friends with them, but you can work around it. And just loved it when I saw it in the theater. I cried. I laughed all around. Yeah. Good movie. And I feel like everyone does such a good job in it. Like the little mm-hmm. boy and the girl and Scarlett Johansson. And... Oh, my Scarlett is a queen in this movie. <laughs> I wished she had won Best Actress for right. it. And that was the year that I feel like she did a ton of stuff that she was nominated for, like Marriage Story uh-huh. and probably one of the Marvel movies. My runner-up is one that I saw last year, um, Just Mercy. This is about Brian Stevenson and um, all that he does to help people that are on death row, who are either there um, because they actually committed a crime, and more often, I don't know the exact stats, but um, also people that are there that were wrongly convicted. And he's just incredible. It's painful and I think everybody needs to see it. I cried so much during this movie and it's not that I was like I have no idea this is happening. It's just really hard to see and to confront and I love the title and he kind of gets into it more. It's not just mercy in the sense of it's oh it's only mercy like everyone gets off the hook. It's like just mercy. Mercy that is just and and how justice and mercy work together instead of being opposites and that's like a very religious concept to me as well. All it taught me is that our justice system is wrecked and that, like, <laughs> I want to do all that I can to change that. So, Brian Stevenson actually came to BYU to do a forum. Awesome. And my French teacher was like, hey, guys, I don't know how many of you, like, actually go to devotional or forum, but this is one you should go to. And I was like, okay. And then I completely forgot about it. And then later I was like, oh, that's Brian Stevenson. Wait! Brian Stevenson came to BYU and I missed you it. missed it. <laughs> it was the worst, but highly recommend that. Yeah, watching this and The Green Mile, I'm, like, totally against the death penalty now. Right. It totally changed. Yeah. I, in fifth grade, I was kind of assigned it mm-hmm. for a 
stupid debate thing. I was supposed to debate for the death penalty, and now I would not be able to do that even for a mock debate. Just, right. And I mean, these are movies, but also Just Mercy is based it, on yeah, real life. Yeah, and like a lot happens. And um, there's a, the book Just Mercy. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. Um, but also The Sun Does Shine is written by one of the people on Death Row who Brian Stevenson worked with. Mm. And I highly recommend it. It's so, so good. It's like the best and worst of humanity. And it's incredible. Like, ugh, I love that book. Thanks, Catherine, for picking it for book club. Oh, and it is Michael B. Jordan, and I'm pretty sure he is sexiest man alive oh this year. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he earns it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. He does the incredible job. Oh, it's so good. He's so good. Okay, my number one pick for Jay is kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, this is one I also watched for the first time last year, um, but it's Jerry Maguire. Um, I love Tom Cruise. I think it's nostalgic because... Like, some of the first PG-13 movies I watched were Mission Impossible. Like, mm. all of the Mission Impossibles. And so, I, I have this soft spot for Tom Cruise. My mom does also, so I think I oh my gosh. inherited that. <laughs> and my mom would always yell at me when I was running, Run like Tom Cruise! Because oh <laughs> he has these arms like this, and I would run with my arms all floppy. <laughs> and then like my dad was like, don't run like him. <laughs> you can tell he's not a runner. He's just an action film star. Oh my gosh. But, anyways... He's in Jerry Maguire, and he's so funny, but the main star of Jerry Maguire is Cuba Gooding Jr., and oh. the reason why I loved him is because of Home on the Range. <laughs> so there's so many connections here, but just Cuba Gooding Jr., he won an Oscar for this movie. That's the only Oscar the movie was nominated okay. for, I think, but he does such a good job. He's hilarious. Um, I did also watch this edited, so I think he does say a lot of F-words, but <laughs> it's funny, I guess. <laughs> is it a rom-com? It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think in the Batman, like a Batman movie, they totally bash on oh it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh, they totally do, because he's yeah. like eating the lobster. Batman will just watch it in <laughs> his theater laughs. and laugh at Tom Cruise. <laughs> But that's kind of why I loved it, too, because it's like, this is so cheesy, but also cute and oh hilarious. My gosh. I don't know if I should watch it with you, though, because I feel like you I'll have such like a negative it. reaction. <laughs> I I recorded it on my TV so that I have it forever oh and ever. Oh my gosh. Okay, maybe I will muster up the courage to watch it oh. with, like, a straight face. <laughs> yeah, you won't like the Tom Cruise parts, but you'll probably like the Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. <laughs> my pick is Jurassic Park, which kind of surprised me, because I don't feel like... I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, but what surprises me about Jurassic Park is how well it holds up. Like, I, I didn't watch it until I was a teenager, and I just was impressed by how fun of a story it is. Like, it's very well done, and I feel like the dinosaurs hold up pretty well. Like, they're still pretty scary. They're impressive, yeah. I think a lot of people are like, Jaws is so scary, and Jaws is, like, number one scariest intense moment, and it does have some good things, and the way that I did Spielberg- scream once. Yeah, <laughs> the Jaws. way Spielberg tells the story is well done. But I'm like, Jurassic Park is way better than Jaws, in my opinion. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. The end with the velociraptors is so scary. Yeah. And there's just so many iconic things. And I guess I'm just a huge fan of Sam Neill, who's also in mm-hmm. Hunt for the Wilder People, but also has Laura Dern, even though we make fun of her. Run! <laughs> and of course it has Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> we love Jeff. Jeff is a special man. All right. On to Kay. Okay. So my... Um, runner-up is Knives Out. I don't know if I would still put that as my runner-up, but when it came out, I thought it was so clever. It, it is. Like, yeah. it's a really cool whodunit mystery where you know the whole time, like, what's happening, but you try and see from the detective's perspective, like, what's happening, mm-hmm. and 
anyways, it's really good. There are a few things medically that don't make sense <laughs> as a nurse. Um, I should. I want to interject here and say, at some future point, we're gonna have a podcast where I talk about like history in films, and Lauren talks about the medical side of films. So yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> when I would talk about it with my nursing friends, and we like that made no sense at all. <laughs> like she should have known. Anyways, I really liked it, and I love Chris Evans also. Oh my gosh, I feel like I don't really like mysteries. I've learned really. And I love Knives Out. I feel like it's so clever and just. I love that all of the different like social and political commentaries mm-hmm. it had because it, it made, it pointed fingers at not just conservatives, but also like liberals who know how to say things, but then they don't actually they believe don't know them. what they're or, talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I felt like it was just across the board, just a brilliant movie. And I loved the social commentary and I've only seen it once, but I really want to watch it again. So mm-hmm. I think it's actually on my list of movies to own. So well, my mom owns it, so of course you can she watch does. it anytime. <laughs> I love Jill and her movie collection. Oh my, there's so many. My brother up is King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. This was a Cinemonth pick from last year. It's one of Ryan Hatch's favorite films. And I feel like before I watched it, I was like, oh, documentaries are cool. And they're usually about nature. Like, I think, like, <laughs> An Inconvenient Truth or Blackfish. Like, I just don't watch that many documentaries. And so... When I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great documentary because it it does what documentaries do best, which is open myself up to a world that I had no idea existed. A lot of documentaries are trying to prove something or make this really bold statement. And not that those things don't exist in this one, but it's just such a different documentary. It really is just (laughs) trying to introduce you to this world of video arcade game players. And it sounds boring and they make it really interesting. It's so well done. Yes. I feel like we were watching it and some of your family members would like come in and then they would stay and watch it like they were hooked. Yeah. And even at the end when they were maybe like derided a little bit or be like, that wasn't that great. I was like, but you guys came in and stayed. Like, (laughs) It was a good one. Um, I don't want to overhype it because I feel like the less you go in knowing anything about it, the better, but this should be on everybody's list because it is just wild. And the words kill screen will mean something different to you after you watch it. <laughs> this movie made me furious in a good way, but, like, there are not many movies that have made me just, like, so upset about the injustice of something. <laughs> right? It's so good. Oh, I love it. Okay, um, my top pick for yep. K is Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> and mostly this is because of spiritual reasons, like Master Yugui's quote... Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why it's called the present. I'm reading that from my whiteboard. <laughs> There's literally a quote of it. <laughs> There's a drawing I made of Master Uwe because I couldn't find one of him to buy. And Lauren has quoted this in at least two talks. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just hit me. I was watching it with my brother one time in a moment when I was kind of upset with how my life was and just not really just like looking forward too much and then this quote hit me and was like no you need to be happy about right now and like enjoy your life now and so Master Ugui has become kind of a spiritual figure for me (laughs) and and the movie's just hilarious Jack Black is so good um and it's like it's different like I remember seeing the previous four and I was like that movie's gonna be so dumb Mm -hmm. but it really it was really hilarious even though it was kind of, like, geared toward kids, I guess, but 
I thought it was so funny. I'll still watch it and laugh. Right. I think coming with the DreamWorks label, you're like, okay, we know what DreamWorks does. B you know? movie and stuff. Yeah, they, they produce <laughs> movies that are just for kids and that have, like, maybe a dirty joke every once in a while. <laughs> like, go over kids' heads, but the adults are like, I can't believe they did that. But Kung Fu Panda is actually really solid. Um, it's very funny. And I feel like I haven't seen all the sequels, but there is a moment in one of the sequels where he's, like, really far away from the villain, and he's, like, yelling at him, and then the villain is like, what? And it's just so funny, because that always happens in a movie where they're so far apart, but they can understand each other. And they've reused that joke. There's so many things in Kung Fu Panda that they have stolen and reused. I don't know if Kung Fu... I think Kung Fu Panda came before Up, but he's going up the stairs, and then it shows... Like, he's gone three stairs, even though it feels like he's gone so much. And they use that again in Up when Russell is trying to climb. Yeah. And in Frozen, also, they use that joke. Like, there's so many things that Kung Fu Panda did at first. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Kung Fu Panda stole it from somewhere else. Sure. But But it kind of set a precedent for maybe the animated world. Yes. And, uh, I mean, the lessons also, not just with Master Ugly, but what Poe learns about himself. Um, There is no secret ingredient. Sorry. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen Kung Fu Panda now, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it. <laughs> uh, my pick for K. Oh, I just keep picking the movies that make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like you would rather watch movies that make you cry. I know. <laughs> um, this is Kubo and the Two Strings. It's done by Laika. It just makes me cry so hard. I remember I watched it by myself in the French house, <laughs> and then I made you guys watch it. I feel like I've only seen it twice, but I own it, so I'm like, oh, I need to watch Kubo again. But the animation is so cool. It's really impressive. And dif- um, the different ways that they use paper and origami and the characters and the themes. I feel like it's such a brilliant movie, but it's really underrated. I feel like yeah, it's largely ignored. Nobody's heard of it. People are like, oh, what are your favorite animated movies? And I'm like, Kubo and the Two Strings. And they're like, oh, really? Ah, eh. But I'm like, no, give it a chance. It's so good. (laughs) But it's just a beautiful film. I love it. I'm trying to remember who the voice actors were. Somebody was really important to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Oh, it has Charlie Theron. It's his mom. Oh. Matthew McConaughey, that's who it is. She's so important to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was so pleased. I was so pleased to hear his voice. Oh, my gosh. Ray... Ray Fiennes. Good. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the villain. Yeah. Of course he is. Okay, so that's a solid cast. Yeah. I I really need to watch it again. It's so good. And it's just a visual feast. I love it. Okay. It's halfway mark. It's time for the sponsor story. This episode is sponsored by Florida Airport Shuttle Drivers and Uber Drivers. (laughs) (laughs) So I have five mini stories to say. So the first one is... Lauren and I went to Universal two years ago. You were in Ecuador <laughs> and Peru for like a month and a half uh-huh. for your study abroad. And it was right after I'd graduated and I was already feeling all the nostalgia and sadness at leaving. And then you left me for so long. I don't blame you, but... <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but so I had... We'd, I just landed in Florida and I was woozy from the flight and the humidity and heat and just seeing Lara and, like, that happiness of meeting with her in the airport. And the shuttle driver is like, what hotel are you guys going to? And in my mind, I'm like, you should know this. Like, I already put this into the system before I left Utah. And, like, this is part of what we're paying for is for you to just, like, take us <laughs> to our hotel without any problems. And the other people that were in our shuttle was like, I don't remember the exact hotel names, but they're like, we're staying at the Wingham. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm like, yeah, we're staying there, too. <laughs> And so he drives us, and as we're going, I'm like, wait, we're staying at the Wyndham. 
is like a one letter difference or something. And so I pull up Google Maps. I think I told, I was like, Lauren, we're going to the wrong place. <laughs> so I pull up Google Maps and I find it. And it's like just kitty corner. Like it's not across the street. There was like a little bit of a highway. So it took maybe like two minutes to drive. But I was like, okay, we're really close. It's not gonna be a big deal. So he's like pulling our luggage out. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, we're at this other hotel. And he was so bugged. He, he was, was like, like he looked at you. <laughs> this idiot girl. <laughs> she told me the wrong hotel. I was like, it's just over there. I promise. <laughs> it's not gonna be that far. <laughs> But we really inconvenienced him, I guess, so. (laughs) Ruined his day. But then we took lots of Uber cars to Universal, and we had many wonderful people take us there. I feel like most Uber drivers that I've had just, like, sit and let you listen to the music, and they don't bother you. (laughs) But this one lady was so interested in us, and she was telling us all about her daughter, and then she was like, you guys are going to Universal? You have to go to Margaritaville. She was, like, <laughs> telling us exactly what to do. So she was a real champion. We were like, okay, we'll go to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> we don't drink margaritas. <laughs> then the third guy <laughs> thought Lauren was hilarious. Like, anything that Lauren said, he would just start cracking up at it. <laughs> I don't remember. Lauren was like, have you seen any alligators? <laughs> and he, like, busted up laughing. He was like, you guys gotta go to Gator World. <laughs> but... He would literally laugh at everything. Okay, two more quick stories. <laughs> so this was after we had gone to the parks, and so we're really tired, and we're driving back with this guy, and our hotel was weird because you entered the parking lot, and the lobby was, like, in a really weird spot. And so there was this group of people just standing in the middle of the parking lot, and we were, like, waiting for them to move, and so Lauren and I start joking, like, oh, this is a great place to stand around and talk, and... We just keep narrating stuff like that. And the guy's laughing. And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, so where's the lobby? And I just start laughing because I'm like, he's joining in on the narration with us. And then there's just silence. And Lauren's like, it's up ahead. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that he was actually asking us where the lobby was. So imagine being like, where's the lobby? <laughs> silence. <laughs> and Lauren like gave me flack for that for so long. It was great. Okay. This is the most legendary Uber driver that we never had. I was going to use him as a sponsor story. He is an icon forever. There's a spot that all the Uber drivers come and all the Lyft drivers and everybody who's coming to pick people up after the park closes. And it is so busy. So the first night that we were there, we tried to navigate it, but it was so stressful and complicated and we were so tired that we were like, okay, tomorrow we're just going to walk to the Hard Rock Hotel that's super close and we'll get an Uber to come pick us up there and there's going to be no confusion. It's going to be fine. So by the time we walked over there, like, the way that it, the path sped us out, it was not all the way up at the top of the Hard Rock Hotel, and I think that was the problem, was uh, the pin didn't, like, situate us at the lobby, it, like, put us halfway down, and so it <laughs> threw people. <laughs> when you book your driver, it tells you the name, and then it shows you their car, and, like, a little highlighted path of where they're coming. So we were just watching, and the name popped up, and it was Wendell. And we were like, oh, what a great name. We can't wait to drive with Wendell. And so we're watching him go, and we watch him drive right past our location. And then it shows him, like, the arrow's like, okay, pull a U-turn. And he drives past it, and so it does another U-turn. And, it like, it just keeps going. And all of a sudden, we see him pull off the road. And then the, the ride was canceled. Like He's like, I can't pull a U-turn. <laughs> I've just got to bail. And we, I think we were just so slap happy at that point. We were dying that Wendell bailed on us. <laughs> and so for the rest of the trip, if we were like in too long of a line or we needed to go somewhere else, we'd be like, bail, Wendell, pull a Wendell. <laughs> we have to leave. So 
Shout out to you, Wendell. We Bless are going you, back Wendell. to Florida this year, I hope. Oh my gosh, I hope. I hope we get Good Wendell. Fun, Wendell. <laughs> Let him know all the joy he's brought us. All right, back to the episode. We're on L. My runner-up for L is The Little Mermaid. This is a movie I grew up with, and I would watch it all the time. I was obsessed with Ariel. I wished I could be a mermaid. Oh. Um, and I watch it now, and it's a little bit like I'm like, Ariel, we're making horrible choices. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> based on a boy. You know, I'm so mature now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, I will stand in defense of Ariel. She does not make great decisions. She is young. But everyone is, she's, like, such an easy target now. And I'm like, no, she actually wanted to go to be in the human world. And Eric is, like, a gateway to that. It's, it's just true. a bonus She wanted that to be a human before she knew Eric. Yeah, yeah. it's just a bonus that he's a hottie. Yeah. So. And that was, the, that was the final push that she needed was a hottie. Exactly. <laughs> and King Trine is not a great parent. So if you're, like, completely siding with him, oh, he yeah, does not he, do a good job. He... They both needed to make better decisions and... I got in a huge Facebook fight with some guy about this once, <laughs> but I'm just like, if you have to hold your, your main character to such a high standard, then I'm, like, concerned about the daughters in your life. It was a boy. <laughs> That's what I wanted to tell him. Oh, like... <laughs> But, no, I still love this movie, and I'll watch it, and it's just so, like, I have every scene in my mind, just because I watched it so much when I was younger, and the music always brings me back to when I was a kid, and... It's, it's so fun. And it's so good. The music, Alan Menken again. Yes. We love him. We love you, Alan, if you were listening. <laughs> Alan, we know you listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, we are the biggest fans. And it, it's such an important movie for Disney movie history. And I mean, like, I know that Little Mer- like Ariel has a lot of flaws, but she's such a break from the first princesses. She's like the way to let other princesses in the future have a little bit more rebellion and have a little bit more... Like, daring. And I that's not to throw shade on the original three princesses. I have a lot of feelings about how <laughs> the princesses are not actually these terrible role models. It's a really fun one. And it's really quotable. Like, it's very it fun. I was prepping to tell my boss that I'm quitting at the end of April. And I was preparing in my room just, like, a little rehearsal. And I would go, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love Sebastian so oh, much. He is so relatable. Like, you're just stuck with this task. You're like, oh, Why? <laughs> So, I approve of your second pick. And look at this. I have Daddy, I'd love him. Oh my gosh. I love that quote. <laughs> Thank you, Harry Styles. <laughs> Except he misquoted that. <laughs> okay, my runner up is. Oh, it's your actual pick, so I'll let you talk about it. But I will throw in my. Just a name drop. I love Lilo and Stitch, and it is in my heart forever. Okay, so I'll go ahead and talk about my main pick, which is Loving Vincent, which I've only seen once. And I don't think it's, like, the most amazing film, plot-wise, but it is so incredible to watch. Visually stunning. When you think about everything that is hand-drawn, or now it's 3D animated and made with computers, this was all painted, and it is just mind-blowing to think about. And it's so fun to watch a movie about Vincent in his style of art, and I think Vincent can kind of become a martyr today, I feel like. People were like, oh, he's crazy, and now we've swung the, un- the other way on the pendulum. Where it's so like, underappreciated. Yes, he just was so misunderstood, and he was just pure in heart. And I'm like, no, he's like still human, and we can appreciate him as a human. But I do really love this movie, and I think it's one you need to rewatch. So I really want to watch it again. And oof, it's just inc- I love it when people try new things in animation. So yeah, and I feel like it was really un 
what's the word? Like it went unnoticed. Yeah. Like, I maybe it was nominated for Best Animated I Film. I think it was. But people didn't really talk about it very much besides that. Even though it was nominated, it didn't really get a lot of hype. Yeah. So. And again, I don't know that the plot is, like, told in the the most amazing way that, like, oh, I, I feel so compelled by this plot, but I'm also, like, okay with that, because I don't think mm-hmm. we need to make him into some sort of martyr. It so. was mostly about the style of the art and the animation. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay, my number one pick and Rachel's runner-up is Lion King. Um, this is another one that I grew up with, and one of my favorite, favorite movies as a child. Uh, I love animals, and this... I mean, Disney did a lot of movies with animals, but this one was, like, the African savanna and all these beautiful animals all having so much fun together <laughs> and not having fun together. Yeah, so. murdering each other. <laughs> <laughs> it is so heartbreaking. Oh. Going back, my mom would fast forward <laughs> the stampede. Actually, I think we would watch the stampede and then she would fast forward the aftermath when where he, Simba's crying on his yes. dead body. <laughs> I was a very sensitive child. <laughs> my, they're my favorite stories. Yeah. Like, oh no, Lara just cried for an hour, so her mom wouldn't let her watch <laughs> this. We're not going to watch this again. <laughs> Um, so there are some movies that I never watched again because I cried too much. My mom never let me. Um, but we would watch all the rest of Lion King and it's just so good. And I know that it takes from Hamlet, but I love how they have put this spin on it. Like I watched, I haven't read Hamlet, but I watched a movie from, I don't know, a while ago and it, it, they did not copy it. Like, I know people are like, oh, it's just Hamlet with lions. Right. But it's not. It's a different story taking from that. But it's just so intelligent, and it, the animation is so fun. Um, there's beautiful, beautiful soundtrack. Yes, the scores. It's Hans so Zimmer. good. Ugh. And there's the spiritual side to it, too. I have watched Lion King, scenes of Lion King, in Sunday school before. Like, right? it's it's so good, so touching just amazing. I remember driving to BYU once at night and having the Legacy Collection in, and so it's like the part when Mufasa comes in the clouds, and I was quoting it, and like crying, and being like, oh, so spiritual. And <laughs> please don't sue us, Hans Zimmer. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just oh no, we won't get paid. <laughs> Demonetized. <laughs> But yes, like I love Rafiki and each character is so fun. Scar, what mm-hmm. a Disney villain. So he good. Is. And Simba just goes on such an incredible journey about learning about himself. And oh, it's, it is so good. My runner up for the letter M is Megamind. This is another DreamWorks that maybe people think is for kids and it's silly, but it's hilarious <laughs> to me. Again, I pick the movies that make me laugh, and this one is one of those. Will Ferrell is, I just, he makes me laugh. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes, like, he can go too far. But this is one that I think that, I don't know if he improvised things or not, but it's just so funny. Him and Tina Fey, like, together, and Brad Pitt is in it, <laughs> and I am a fan of Brad Pitt, I will admit. Oh my gosh. It's one that I don't watch very often, but when I do, I'm like, oh, this is funny. I think there are some parts that I'm like, meh, but (laughs) I think when it's just Will Ferrell or Megamind, I love him. And the other guy that comes up, like, the villain, is not my favorite. Oh, Hal. Yeah. Hal is so cringy. Yeah. But, so everything else, I'm like, I love it, and Hal just kind of ruins it for me a little bit. But 
It, it is true. There are a lot of really funny quotable moments that I don't feel like I'm aware of because you'll quote something and Sarah's like, bah, ha, ha, and I'm like, what <laughs> just happened? This is one I quote all the time and I'll quote it and my brothers will be there and they think I'm so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that comes to mind when you mentioned Megamind is when we were on campus on Halloween and someone in the BYU bookstore dressed up as, I don't even remember the character, one of the characters, um, and Lauren was dying, and I told her to get oh his no. number. I can only think of Hal Stewart. Oh no, I love this man. The one that Megabine, like, I know, I'm trying to remember his name. Bernard. Bernard, there it is. Bernard. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love you the You should have gotten his number. I know, that was my soulmate, and now he's gone. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> If you are listening, (laughs) reach out to us, please. (laughs) ABTTG95. We'll give you a bracket to the March of Madness. (laughs) Okay. My runner-up is the same as Lauren's main pick, so I'll let her take the reins on that. My number one pick is, of course, the Muppet Christmas Carol. I love it so much. This is definitely one that is filled with nostalgia for me, but I also think it's a quality film, no matter how many Disney Club debates I get in. Of course, it's Michael Caine. What a hero. He's my favorite, and he is always going to be Scrooge in my mind. The music is so good. Disney released the Legacy Collection, so help me. It's brilliant and hilarious, and there are just so many quotes that just speak to me on, like, another level, but then also we quote it all the year round. Like, <laughs> my dear nephew! Like, there's just so many things that just fit, and I I showed it to you one time, and you there. I think I quote it so often that, like, you start to repeat some of the quotes. <laughs> I was that Leo meme that's, like, pointing at the screen. I know that quote! Yeah. <laughs> you say it all the time! I quote it way too often, and yet not enough. Um, so there's definitely a lot of nostalgia, but it is a great film, and I look forward to watching it every time. And we had to watch it long distance because Annie and Catherine were in different states for Christmas and so we had this big text chain and it really we all four of us because Biz was there too we were all just like oh this is the best movie and we just have so many memories connected with it and like we can't anticipate each other's reactions and it's just a holiday tradition that I always hope I have so my most favorite part of that movie is when Rizzo randomly kisses Gonzo's nose (laughs) It's true. And I constantly think about that. Hello, boys. Hello. There's so many good quotes. I could just spend the whole hour quoting it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go back and quote Megamind. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, we should have a quote off oh, one time. Boy. And it'll be interesting to nobody but us. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the podcast. <laughs> okay, so my number one M pick, Rachel's runner-up, is Move On. This is just amazing movie again came out when i was young and we watched it all the time but mulan is such a role model Mm -hmm. she's this female lead that we didn't really have growing up until she came but she goes out and saves her family and uh, kicks butt and she's just awesome she's beautiful and then i also love sean yu He's my favorite villain of all time. <laughs> Sean Yu is so scary. He's so scary, but I'm also attracted to him. But anyways, that's a different podcast. <laughs> you can listen to Maddie's podcast. Maddie Ellen's podcast. <laughs> I'll go into more detail. But and then Mushu is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Shang is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the characters are so fun. Chifu, very. Quotable. I love Chifu. Like I always am. Like, <laughs> hurry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I quoted that for so long, and the line one day was finally like, that's from Mulan! <laughs> I finally, it clicked in my head. But Mulan really is such an icon. I feel like there's a trend today for, if a female character is supposed to be feminist, she's supposed to be, like, strong and fierce, and just, there's almost this masculine quality to her in some ways, and I don't know that we have to break down qualities as gendered terms, for sure, but I just feel like... Mulan is such a great feminist character because she does show these strengths and she has goals and desires that break from her traditional society, but she also has flaws and self-doubts and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And so she's like such a brilliant, balanced character, whereas I think sometimes films can play too much into one side or the other. And I'm, I, it's kind of like, what does it mean to be a woman? And I don't think Mulan is the way to be a woman. I think there's lots of different <laughs> stories. I want to be Mulan. <laughs> I mean, me too. But I think there's lots of different ways that we can depict that and show that. And there's not like one story. But I feel like Mulan is such an, uh, an important character. And it's also so beautiful, like, the calligraphy in the beginning. Like, how many movies do that? It's so creative and beautiful. And then that final, not final scene, but when everyone bows to her, it's just so beautiful. Oh my gosh, it makes me tear up every time. Yes, it gives you chills. It's just so... And the score also, it's so good. That's one that I... Wait, is is there a legacy collection for Mulan? I don't think so. Darn you, Disney. You oh, can't give us some legacy collections that's one and then that I, I would listen to on right? repeat. Mulan's so decision. Good. It's not because I ripped Mulan's decision from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Will you please give that to me again? Do you I have, have it? it? I have it here, but I need to somehow put it on my okay, computer. Okay, I'll send it to you. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. The synthesizer. Oh, yes. so good. So 90s. <laughs> and it is my current favorite Disney movie, so... I forgot, I have to give a one-line shout-out to Mary Poppins. I love you, Mary Poppins. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to N. You don't have a runner-up, so I will take my runner-up is No Country for Old Men. I love this movie. <laughs> it's so scary! <laughs> but not in the ways that you would expect. Like, it's not a creepy film. It's just horrific. <laughs> but it's so well done. It was my first Coen Brothers film. I think the cinematography is incredible, and the way that they tell a story it challenges like a lot of typical narratives about who the main character is. And Javier Bardem oh, is literally so the scariest person I've ever seen on TV. This is another mo- villain that <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about how attracted I am. Oh, I don't know why. And he's not. I mean, he's got this horrible haircut. It's true. But oh, he's I don't so know. scary. It's just something about him. I'm like, he beats. Hannibal Lecter, he beats all these other horrible, scary villains. He's so scary. And I just, I think part of it was like, I'd heard about No Country for Old Men, but I've, for, no, whatever, but I never knew anything about it. And so it was so fun. Also, the voice of Merida's in it, so I was so happy about that. Doing an American accent, I love her. (laughs) This movie surprised me because I had seen two Coen brothers and these are both comedies and so I came into this movie being like oh it's Coen brothers it's gonna be hilarious yeah it's not <laughs> it's a totally different genre and it threw me for a loop but yeah. it's so well done did they did Fargo too right yeah and I liked this so much more than Fargo I Fargo too, just yeah. felt like depressing and this one was intriguing and yeah. brilliant and it's not for everybody but if you can stomach it it is and I, lo- I loved it I want to watch it again <laughs> Okay, my number one pick for N is Nacho Libre. This is another one that we grew up with. 
I know everyone loves Napoleon Dynamite, but this one beats out Napoleon Dynamite for me. Um, and then I also served a mission in Mexico, and so going back and watching it now, it's got so much, like, nostalgia for the Mexico that I lived in. I lived in a very different part of Mexico than where this is filmed, but just, like, the elote, the corn on the stick, <laughs> and, like, the wrestling culture, and it's just really fun for me to watch, and I think it's so funny, and we quote it all the time, and yeah, it's another favorite, family favorite, and personal favorite. But. Oh, and it's Jack Black, of course. I'm just a huge Jack Black fan, I guess. Yeah. Jack Black's great. So, I need to give it another chance, I think. My number one pick is Nosferatu! Ah! Spooky. <laughs> this is one that I wanted to see for a really long time. Ever since I took my film class and I learned about early horror, I was like, oh, Nosferatu is always coming up. It's kind of always on these lists, so I really want to watch it. And I think it also has this nostalgia for me because it was the first... October series that I did where I watched a movie from each decade and it's just so cool to see how influential it is like Lauren can watch it because it's really not that scary although you did scream at a few moments (laughs) (laughs) there's some parts that made me a little nervous (laughs) and it so it's like you can tell it's old you can tell it's dated but you can see how influential it was and the way that they decided to film certain things or and like Max Shrek's performances Count Orlock is incredible I just feel like it is such a masterpiece and it's if you love horror like you have to watch Nosferatu because it's so good and now I just love Nosferatu he's so adorable (laughs) Uh, he's not really adorable (laughs) he's so cute I love him (laughs) and I do have to I don't know that many people know this but I always wanted the Nosferatu Funko Pop but it was way too expensive for me to justify. And then Lauren had my name for one of our friend Christmas exchanges. And she's like, I hope you don't have this one already. And I start to open it and it had like a gray head. So I was like, oh, maybe it's Alfred Hitchcock. And I pulled it out and I could not even think of words. I was so <laughs> excited. So now he lives right next to my bed. I love those dropping. It is. I don't know why, like when the older films are kind of more creepy to me than mm. the, the newer ones. Just like... I don't know how. They're, like, black and white, and it's, like, sketchy. Yeah, and how it's kind of sped up a little bit. It's mm-hmm. just, like, not quite. It's kind of in another it's world unsettling. almost. Yeah. yeah. It's so unsettling. So it's got that creepy, unsettling feel the whole time. But also, the main character is a hero, Hutter. Oh, my gosh. How did I not talk about Hutter? <laughs> there are some prime moments with him. <laughs> Lauren and I were going to do another or I think we just had other costumes planned for a friend party, and then we watched Nosferatu, and we are like... Change. We have to do Nosferatu and Hunter. So <laughs> if you ever want to see an amazing recreation, we have a great video. <laughs> Would recommend. <laughs> okay, so my runner-up for O is Once Upon a Time in the West. I am not sure what my thought process was picking this. I think I wanted to put in a Western, I wanted to put Sergio Leone or something um just because he is so influential in westerns and uh, this movie is really slow like there's a a trivia that says in france they were obsessed with this movie they loved spaghetti westerns i guess yeah france is they are obsessed with the west so there was a theater that they would play this movie over and over again for like a week or i don't know but 
the at the end the guy who was running the film he was like why did they pick the slowest <laughs> movie in the world i mean has he seen high noon oh i know it i don't know if that's like a western thing i don't know why it's, so it's not super action-packed like you might expect from a western movie but like just the feel of it is kind of magical and also henry fonda is the villain which i think it's kind of the uh, the director put him in that spot because he wanted to shock people and yeah. be like look it's Wait, is that a henry spoiler? fonda um, I mean, if you look at the film, like, if you want to watch it, it says, like, Henry Fonda's the villain. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know if I needed to take that out. Um, oh, but also the soundtrack, there is this electric guitar that speaks to my soul. Oh it's, my gosh. It's so good. And I'll just, I think I, oh, I got it on Apple Music and now it's deleted, so oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to buy it um, Oh, it's a harmonica too. Oh, I just love it. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Just rip it off of YouTube. I don't think you would like it because it's really slow. <laughs> and you don't super love westerns. I don't love so. westerns. But I feel like it's gotten a lot of good reviews. And I love Henry Fonda. Yeah, and it's also got Charles Bronson, who okay. is in the Seven. Yeah. Magnificent Seven. Right. Um. So, yeah, some a good cast. There are some parts that I'm like, this is so boring. I don't know. I feel like High Noon, you just literally are with them for every minute of that hour. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt... I think I just expected it to be more action-packed than it was. So going in knowing that it might be slower will help. Yeah. I think it is maybe three hours. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe 2.45. Okay. 2.45. I got oh my it on gosh. the nose. Amazing. <laughs> you memorize. I memorize the dates. You memorize. The running times. <laughs> okay. My runner-up is 101 Dalmatians. And you might be like, um, hold up. That's a number. Well, actually, it was spelled out originally. I think in some of the, like, my DVD has the numbers, but when you watch it on the title screen, it's spelled out, and the original, everything about it is spelled out. So, but it is my movie that I would always watch when I was sick. This one and Great Mouse Detective. So, um, I love the characters in it, though. I love Pongo and Perdita. I love Roger and Anita. Ooh, I never realized that combined. Ooh, fun. <laughs> um, and I love Horace and Jasper. And, of course, Cruella is so amazing. She's but even, so scary. Even the, like, side animals, I just adore them. It's a, a pretty boring movie for children, I think, because... They're just, like, walking for so long, and it's just kind of a journey movie, but I think it's so fun. And again, Cruella is just such an iconic villain. And it's a really fun point in Walt Disney animation, like, Sleeping Beauty did so horribly in the box office, even though they put all this time and artistry into it, and so they're trying to just, like, make films faster and less costly so that if they have a flop at the box office, it's not going to hurt so badly. So they started to do Xeroxing, which would just replicate um, different frames. And they would never be able to make 101 Dalmatians without it because of all the spots that are drawing on it. And so it's cool. You can see that when you watch it, it has this like sketchier feel to it. It's not quite as finished. And Walt Disney hated it. <laughs> like oh. He absolutely hated the look of it. And it wasn't until... Because it came out early 60s and he died in like 66. And so... He did come around to it and eventually was like, oh no, I do like this movie. But for a while it was like, he hated Xeroxing, but this is like how we have to make films now to save money. Um, So it's kind of fun for Disney history too. But I think one of my favorite things about it is that there was something about the film that I always enjoyed watching when I was little. And then I discovered What's My Line and I realized they're making fun of it with What's My Crime. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I know that now, and it's such an old thing, and most people aren't going to know that, and that's so fun. A little inside joke between you and Disney. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the Twilight Bark, which, when we went to London, my mom thought was a real thing, (laughs) and she was so disappointed about it. But it it's just a great, great movie. I love it. I already did mention my trauma with 101 Dalmatians. It's true. <laughs> when she comes out and says, the puppies have been stolen, I would just bawl. Oh. I would fall apart because I love puppies and they're stolen. Anyways, it's so sad. So I didn't watch that very often oh as my a gosh. child, but it is a really good it's movie. It's great. And just everything that comes out of Corella's mouth is incredible. She's amazing. On to your number one. Okay, I do just want to shout out, I remembered that I don't think I put any Quentin Tarantino movies in here, because they're kind of bad movies. Like, (laughs) they have lots of swear words and lots of bad stuff in them, but I've been watching them edited, and I really enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which Mm -hmm. is a, I think it's a homage to Once Upon a Time in the West. Cool. Um, And I really enjoyed... Um, there is, like, a whole part that's about Westerns and kind of an homage to Westerns. So I did want to throw that out, and it did make me laugh, so I wanted to say that. Yeah, that's one I want to watch for sure. I'll watch it with you. Okay. Oh, and it has Al Pacino in it for a second. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Just, like, for literally two minutes. He's in it. It's so fun. <gasps> so happy it. to see him. Okay, my number one pick for O is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Coen Brothers. Um, I was... So I worked nights... Um, sometimes I have to work night shifts and sometimes if the patients are being good and sleeping, I have time I can watch a movie. And this is one that was for free on the IMDb app. So, and I was like, oh, Rhett and Link always talk about the Coen brothers. And I think this is also somebody's top 10 movie. Maybe it was Link's top, one of their top 10s. And so I was like, oh, I've been wanting to watch that. So I started watching it, and I was just cracking up, like, <laughs> trying to be quiet, because you're, t- you're not really supposed to watch movies at work, I guess. Right. And so I'm, like, trying to hold it in, like, trying not to laugh so loud. So I kind of stopped in the middle, because I've got to watch this where I can give it its full attention, because right. this is a lot better than I was expecting. And uh, I brought it home, or no, I didn't bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it from the hospital, even though it's on IMDb. <laughs> I made my family watch it with me, and it, we all just laughed so hard. And it actually, so it's supposed to be, like, a retelling of the Odyssey. So okay. then my brother Caleb, who knows all about Greek mythology, he was like, you don't even know about the Odyssey. You wouldn't even understand that movie. Oh my gosh. But I loved it anyways, and now I want to read the Odyssey, I guess, if I can stomach it. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> but you also have read Les Mis, so you can, Oh, like... yeah, I can force myself to yeah. do stuff like that. But it's just so funny, and George Clooney is so beautiful in it. Oh, my gosh. And the other characters, it's him and two other guys. They're just so funny. They're this lovable trio. Um, I don't know. I do have to read The Odyssey to fully appreciate, I think, this movie, but... I really enjoyed it. There's a part that you would be shocked that made me laugh, but I <gasps> thought it was one of my favorite parts. Okay, I really want to watch this with you now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can book club the Odyssey like we did for The Godfather. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> so we force ourselves to read it and then watch it. Okay, my old pick is On the Waterfront. This has Marlon Brando in it. Oh, and he's so handsome. He's just so wonderful. I feel like it was because I just watched... A Streetcar Named Desire, and I didn't super love it. And then watching this one just felt really different, and I really loved... It's probably because Marlon's kind of a villain in the other one. And yeah. 
and he's, more of the hero he's the here. Hero, yeah. So this is the famous I could have been a contender movie. But there's just a lot of things to say about the human condition in this film, like right versus wrong, the individual versus a corporation, your own actions versus what's in the system, and I just love Marlin. I think it's one that I was surprised at how much I loved, and I really want to watch it again. But on our movie poster, whenever I see it, I'm always like, oh, Marlin on the waterfront. I love it. <laughs> All right. That is the end of this episode. We only have one more part of our um, movie alphabet left to go. But again, it's not going to be next month. Next month is March Madness. So a reminder to please go to our email. Email us at abttg95 at gmail.com with capital March, capital Madness. And please fill out that bracket. Again, share it with close friends and people that would be interested in filling that out. And yeah, thanks for listening. You took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. I got a burp. Okay. Are you going to keep that in? <laughs> Probably. Just do what you can. Or, <laughs> or I'll just take out the you're going to say you're going to talk about it later. Oh, okay. Do what you can. <laughs> do what you can. <laughs>